0: Hey folks, just a heads up about today's episode on Mike Seminary and Friends. If you have small ears with you as you're listening and enjoying this show, just a forewarning, there's a little bit of adult language in this episode. Just thought I'd let you know. Thanks. Gosh, you, you, you've been listening to me long enough to know that I'm always trying to find needle movers to bring on to Mike Seminary and Friends people that inspire me, people that I think are inspiring others. And today, I think, you know, I'm as lucky as that guy that, well, guy, gal, I'm not sure who actually won the $2 billion lottery the other week, but I feel like I'm now in that camp because I, I love interviewing entrepreneurs, female entrepreneurs, artists, musicians, people that have served our country uh, in the military. And then I love interviewing people that are living life in such an uh, experiential way that they're almost like the explorers that I read about when I was a kid. And by golly, I've got somebody that's all of that and more. I'm so lucky to have with me today, Jessica Jess Rambo. Jess Rambo, good morning. It's great to see you. Welcome to Mike's Seminary and friends. How are you?
1: Good morning, Mike, and thank you so much for having us, and I'm I'm stoked to be here.
0: Well, I'm just thrilled that you've uh, taken time to join me, I, and I don't remember exactly how I stumbled uh, across you. I'm going to assume it was on some social media platform because I spend way too much time on that <laughs> stuff nowadays. Don't we all? Yeah, when, when you're <laughs> When you're doing what you do and what I do as, as a podcaster, you're always trying to find, you know, unique stuff. And you surely are. I just, I just think you're doing amazing things and living a life that um, I'm vicariously kind of living th- through you in a way. So let, let's start with this. Tell me about painted buffalo traveling studio just kind of scratching the surface and we'll dig into it tell folks what painted buffalo traveling studio is
1: so the idea behind the traveling studio is to take what i've learned from the military from art school from mental health recovery and then the building of you know your own home and kind of compile all of those things that don't seem like they fit well together and show veterans and women and single moms like myself that, you know, where there's a will, there's a way and, and you can do it no matter if you want to live in a school bus or you want to live in a, a sky rise. That's not the point. The point is that, you know, you have a dream, you're going to have to kind of suffer a little and trudge through, but you know, it's doable and you can do it, you know, with all the crazy life stuff that gets thrown at you.
0: Boy, you just put a lot into about <laughs> 30 seconds to <laughs> peel the onion back a little bit, one kind of layer at a time. First of right. all, thank you so much for your service to our country and how you're continuing to serve through. Your, your mission your purpose your and your business and, and how you're living your life y- you uh, served our country in the marine corps tell us a little bit about about that and how how how, how that happened for you
1: <laughs> well i come from quite a large military family so i always say i just joined the family business but it wasn't, you know, somebody trying to lure me into the family business and buy their company. It was, maybe you should go to college first. Maybe you should do this first. Maybe try this or do that. And I, you know, just made it my mission to, you know, join the military. So I did, you know, a little bit of college for a semester or two right out of high school, community college. And I just, you know, to appease my mother like a lot of us do and you know at that two semester mark that i promised i walked into the recruiters office and and said all right i want to be in the marine corps and the recruiter was like don't you want to watch you know the video so i can kind of convince you and i'm like nope this is what i'm doing sign me up and he's like all right so october of 2006 i i joined the marine corps left on that uh famous Greyhound bus and stepped two feet on some yellow footprints. And my life has never been the same.
0: So the appeasing mother was going to school for a while. Mom has a military background. You're in school and you got bored silly.
1: Yeah. I mean, just I left high school sitting at a desk. I mean, the fact that I even graduated high school is miraculous because half the time I was at the beach, but, (laughs) you know, going through high school. And then I was like, I did everything I could to get out of that place. Why would I sit at a desk and, you know, do this all over again to myself? Because everybody, you know, harps on college and you need that piece of paper to feel validated and you know, spend all this money and might not even use it for the job that you actually want. And I've had that mentality, you know, since back then, I've always been the quirky, weird black sheep of the, the family that, you know, doesn't follow the line the way that everyone else in my family did. And so my mom spent six years in the Navy and 14 years in the Coast Guard. And the year I joined the Marine Corps, she retired. <laughs> so, you know, my entire life has been just you know, in that structure. And, you know, I, obviously it was comforting and it was like a security blanket for me. I didn't know what I was going to do. So I just, you know, did what was comfortable. And then, you know, now kind of being separated from it, I realized, you know, how some of it can be pretty toxic or brainwashing or whatever the thing is, but I definitely am not the, you know, hardworking, stubborn, grit, written person I am today without all of those uphill battles that I faced growing up and in the Marine Corps.
0: Were you always kind of uh coloring outside of the lines kind of a person?
1: Oh, for sure. I was absolutely coloring. Uh, I've been, you know, artistic my whole life, um, but also, you know, I was a question asker. Why are we doing that? What is the purpose? Why... Well, because I said so. Yeah, that's not going to work for me. <laughs> you know, one of those type of children that like, yeah, but I need to, you know, visually see it, because that's how I learn best. But also, like, if it's not making sense to, you know, my core beliefs that we all have inside of us, I, I am not going to follow the line. And, you know, I've put my foot a few times in my mouth in the Marine Corps, because I was an artist, but also you know a marine so using both sides of your brain but you know i got i got through it and earned my keep and you know did some really incredible things and met some incredible human beings and really you know harped on telling their stories with my job i was a combat cameraman so you know everything i'm doing now i did while i was in the marine corps but this is you know a little bit safer of a space to really dig deep and peel like you said peel the onion back on you know, what makes us make the decisions that we made, my decision to join the Marine Corps is completely different to somebody else, why they chose to join the military or not. And, you know, just kind of linking those differences and those separations with each other. And, you know, we're all, you know, linked together in some way.
0: I'm going to ask you a little bit about your journey, you know, from preschool junior high to high school and college about your artistic talents and how you pursued those. But you, before I do that, and now you know what the question is going to be, you had just mentioned core beliefs. What, what are some of your core beliefs that are really shaping and molding you and driving you to this purpose of painted Buffalo traveling studio and, and its purpose?
1: Yeah, I mean, a big thing that I tend to harp on, especially in my community of women. And, you know, my mom was in the military. She was a diesel mechanic. She wasn't, you know, just pushing papers and that kind of stuff. So I've never grown up in a space where women did not do what the boys did, or, you know, like we played the same sports, we did the same thing. And that was just something that I guess naively didn't know was what happens to people, you know, when they're raising their children, girls go this way and boys go that way. And that's how it goes. So I wasn't really raised in that, you know, damsel in distress <laughs> type of fairy tale. And so, you know, now I've, you know, kind of become the, you know, well, if Jess can do it, I can do it. And I think that's incredible. And I'm like, yes, you can't like, you know, there's nothing spectacular about me, I might live an extraordinary life, but I'm not like this extraordinary, you know, human being, you too can be extraordinary and really use whatever your gifts are to, you know, um, create the life that you actually want. You know, everybody, you know, asks, like, how do you know how to do that? Or why do you do this and that and that and all you don't like, I don't have like a designated art practice and people, can't grasp you know that part like well you have to be a painter you have to be a sculptor you have to be this and I am like one I'm too cheap and too poor to pay someone to do it so guess what I'm gonna learn how to do it and then <laughs> you know then I teach other people how to you know kind of the you know teach a man to fish mentality you know you this you know, oh, I can't do that. I'm a girl. I don't know how to do that. Well, you know, you can watch the same YouTube video I did to learn how to, you know, do the thing that you want, or, you know, you could save a lot of money to use that money on the dreams. Well, I don't have any money because, you know, this, this, it costs too much. Well, if you just learn how to do it, it's a third of the price. You know what I mean? So just being able to say, I hear you, Your feelings are validated, but also have you widened your, you know, blinders to, you know, open up that you can,
0: Mm.
1: you know, do whatever that thing is, you know, like you said, in the introduction, I'm living vicariously through you, I get that so much that statement, and I say, you, you don't have, I'm just showing you that you too can also live, it's hard it's logistically a little crazy, you know, with all the stuff in the bus, but if that's what you want and, you know, you have to suffer a little, I, I'm not saying that it's a free ride, but you know, the, the end, what you see, you know, that highlight reel that people see on Instagram, that fun stuff that they're thriving for, you can get there too. You, we don't really show all the hard days and whatever, the long hours of driving, but you know, you have to, embrace the suck to get to the, the purpose that you're looking for.
0: Mm. So, so to the, I could ask a whole bunch of questions about that, but we'll kind of get to them anyway. So your your pursuit of uh, art and yeah. uh, your talents, how did that, because you said your mom was a diesel mechanic, you didn't necessarily say, necessarily say anything about her artistic skills? I'm assuming she, she probably has some. I don't know, but t- tell us a little bit about your journey when you when you knew you, you had some some interest in uh, expressing yourself through art, and then how that led you to I'm going to be a cameraman in the Marine Corps.
1: Yeah, so you know, growing up, it's you know, my mom was stubborn and strong, and you know, she and I really butted heads because I think we are so similar that that just caused a, you know, a riff. My mom was a single mom in the military and I was our only child. And so it was just she and I against the world. And, you know, she, she was tough and cruel at sometimes, and, you know, really, um, sharp with the tongue and, you know, all of those kinds of things that, that I needed an outlet to survive. And my way of doing that was, you know, I couldn't talk back. I couldn't cry. I couldn't, you know, talk about my feelings and and the way I was able to do it without, you know, she looks at a picture, oh, that's pretty. But internally, what was I saying in that work I was making was really an escape for me. And so journaling and, you know, um sketchbooks and all of that kind of thing was just the way that I you know survived and thrived and got through my, my childhood and the really you know crazy dynamic that she and I had and you know when I joined the Marine Corps I had read about a group of Marines and all services have this called combat cameramen. And so their photo, video and graphic design and then you get into the public affairs aspect which they're slowly merging over the years that I've been out those two public affairs and combat camera. But, um, that was my way of being true to myself and the artist and the, you know, emotional being that I am. And also staying in that safe guarded, you know, Oh, you're not allowed to have emotions here. Good. Cause I got none. you know, that kind of mentality, you know, really, uh, you know, spoke to me with, you know, people always said, why did you choose the Marine Corps? And I said, you know, because it was the hardest, hardest thing that they said, you know, the Marines are the toughest and the strongest and the meanest and the, and I wanted to be all of those things. And so I knew that if I joined the Marine Corps, I'd, I'd come out those things that, you know, I had insecurities in myself. I was quiet and mousy and artistic and, and I wanted to be strong and domineering and be able to stick up for myself. And I found all of those things, you know, in my service in the Marine Corps.
0: So are you now a hybrid, Jessica Rambo, of all those things the that you were and then what you wanted to aspire to become? You're really now this, you've, you've sculpted yourself into this hybrid?
1: Yeah, I really I mean, a a key phrase that I have been coming back to and really harping on and and, um, you know, kind of relating in my veteran and women's kind of practice is creating your own care package, you know, and having a toolbox of what, you know, keeps you safe. But also, you know, you can only grow in the uncomfortable. And so being safe and uncomfortable, you can merge those two things together, but it's, you know, letting go a little, I have a hard time with, you know, control and being like, unless it's this, this, and this, I don't want to do it. And just being able to be a little bit freer in our thinking and, you know, the Marine Corps and the military in general is like, do as I say, not as I do, which was a huge thing growing up. My mom, you know, did a lot of things and, you know, don't do this, but I am watching you do exactly what you're telling me not to do. And so just being, you know, able to, you know, focus on the things that really matter. And, you know, all of the things I got from the military has its place in my life. I don't have to let it control me, you know, especially with the mental health things. I talk about really, you know, the depressed Jess and the hyperactive Jess. They're friends and they can work together. In some moments, I need depressed Jess just to kind of be in my feelings. And also, I need the person that's the bubbly, happy, you know, what is perceived on social media and that kind of stuff. And they can, you know, I can't get rid of my depression. It's there. So I have to learn how to work with it and, you know, take a rest but not quit.
0: Hmm. So you were in the Marine Corps for 10 years. Again, yes. again thank you. <laughs> but what My what pleasure. were the, you know, the three most important takeaways or less or life lessons that you still use today from yeah. your 10 year career in the Marine Corps?
1: I mean, obviously it's the call of duty, you know, uh, especially Americans, we tend to be very self-centered and self, you know, how is this going to help me? How is, you know, what money can I make to buy the house I want and the car I want and, you know, consumerism and getting the things, you know, in your life because your friends will think you're cool and that kind of stuff. And, and the Marine Corps really taught me that is me giving of myself, and being a team and all of that, that's where I really find, you know, myself is in the camaraderie and the teamwork and the group, you know, mentality. And that's definitely how the Marine Corps operates. It's, you know, it's, you know, forever has been, you know, once a Marine, always a Marine. And that mentality holds very true. I can, you know, meet an old guy on the street and he's wearing a Marine Corps hat and I can say, Semper sir. And instantly, we're best buds. (laughs) You know what I mean? Anything I need, I know that brother will help me out and vice versa. And really, you know, I didn't grow up with siblings. And so finding that camaraderie and that family dynamic outside of your family was something I really took from the military. Another thing I took was, you know, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And it's you don't need to know all of the information, but you need to think outside the box and be able to kind of, you know, put the feelers out here and, you know, look up over here and kind of really create this puzzle piece back together. And, you know, that's how the Marine Corps does it. You know, we have the lowest, you know, defense budget, but man, are we not the first in and first, last out, you know, the ones that can really make stuff happen. and and that's you know what i've kind of taken you know i don't have a lot i don't have a lot of money i don't have you know time i've got a lot of things going on but i'm determined to you know with the little resources i have help the most amount of people possible and you know i started out you know wanting to help veterans but you know my kind of like community bubble has grown to women and single moms and just you know people in general just really you know, harping on mental health and that kind of stuff. And mental health stuff affects everyone, no matter what your your background is and all that kind of stuff. So just really focusing on women and veterans, but also being open and able to kind of uh, help anybody that, you know, needs a little assistance in a safe space to drop your pack and take a breath for a second to, you know, know that Although, you know, life is hard and, you know, we all struggle. If you just take a, take a beat, you know, we'll be able to figure it out together.
0: Call of duty, finding family and who, you know, not what you know. know.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure.
0: So after 10 years, you're um, leaving the Marine Corps. How did you decide? I'm going to get a bus.
1: When I got out of the Marine Corps, I was medically separated. Uh, during my service, I got in a really terrible car accident, and I broke some stuff. I broke my spirit; was broken, my mind was broken, my bones were broken, and I had quite a few. Surgeries and kind of really tried my damnedest to stay in the Marine Corps. And the Marine Corps decided I was unfit for duty and had to leave. And this whole uh, persona, this personality that I had really grown accustomed to, you know, it was my safety blanket of being a Marine and you can't fuck with me because I'm a Marine kind of mentality was stripped away. And without the Marine Corps, what was I? And so I really had a very difficult transition out of the Marine Corps. And, you know, I had a pretty toxic relationship with opiates and, you know, surgeries and all that kind of stuff. How most people kind of get into that, you know, mentality really took effect on me. And being an addict and having addicts in my family and just all of that, I knew that was uh, what was happening. And so after the Marine Corps, I or during the Marine Corps, I applied for art school. And that was what my, you know, game plan was after my service. And so I originally went to be an art teacher, um, you know, and kind of keep that, you know, artistic and that mentorship kind of uh, relationship that I had in the Marine Corps and find that on the outside, but I did a few years of school, started doing my practicum hours and realized I really loved my own children. I didn't love other people's children. <laughs> and so when I was, you know, kind of recovering, that just was not the space that I was going to be able to thrive and heal and all of that kind of stuff. So I changed my major to sculpture and ceramics with the concentration in metal fabrication because it just sounded really Badass. <laughs> and, you know, in those classes, really kind of honing in on, you know, what made me tick, and, you know, professors asking poignant questions that I really, you know, I had an answer for everything. And then they're asking deep, hard questions. And I'm like, well, you know, and, you know, it was not what Marine just wants. What does Jess want? And I could not distinct that those were two separate things. And so in art school, I was taking a lot of community based art practice classes and how to go out into the community and really, you know, use your art skills, you know, whether it's painting murals or, you know, teaching low income family art classes or volunteering and that kind of stuff. And, you know, it it made sense but it i just was like those aren't i don't want to paint murals on sides of buildings and that's just not the i don't want sculptures in the middle of a cornfield and people go visit it that just doesn't seem like the art for me and so i was speaking to one of my professors and she was like well where is your community and i said the military that that has been my community my entire life and she said okay How can you take your art practice to that community? And so in Greensboro, North Carolina, I found a homeless shelter that was ran by the VA. And all those men in there were veterans. And I started doing art classes at the Servant Center and really connecting with my community. And really just most of it wasn't even making art. I mean, that was a a sliver of it but it was really just getting back to tough conversations, cursing, you know, ugly humor that we all kind of bond in and really being able to, you know, get back to that like raw, you know, life that I had back then. And, and then, you know, once you earn, you know, their respect, like I'm not just this fruity art student that wants you to paint flowers and tell me your feelings. I want, you know, all the, stuff that you're not allowed to socially talk about. Where's the depression? what have you seen? What's your family like? How did you end up in prison after the military? Those are the types of stories these mens were were coming from. One man I really connected with had spent the last 22 years in prison after his service and he was out and he was trying to get you know back to being a civilized human being and I wanted to know how he got there not his crime he did. But how did you go from this honor of service to, you know, creating this life where, you know, you end up in prison for 22 years? And really, I just kind of connected with these stories. And, you know, yes, I want to hear the motivational stories I pulled myself out or I had this traumatic childhood or whatever, but also, you know, just connecting with these people and hearing their truth. And that's hard. Nobody wants to, you know. You say, "Oh, hey, how are you today?" Nobody wants you to say, "Oh, I'm having a shit day. This is what's going on." You just say, "Oh, I'm good. Nice to see you," and you move along. But that wasn't the case. I wanted to hear the dirty and ugly and the real truth of what they were experiencing that day, and and then put it on paper, and you know, really get it out of your chest and your soul, and put it out there. And then like, let's move on. And that's really kind of, and I did all of that because I was doing that and I was just trying to to find my own way to heal. And I found it in helping others try to heal.
0: I'm going to talk about this servant's heart thing that that's inside of you, Jess, but I need to go back to something. And I apologize for going back. So, Help me understand how <laughs> the Marine Corps has this person that we've invested a lot of money into you that has been serving for nine, ten years in an accident or really banged up and there there's not a place for you i, I I'm trying to wrap my head around how does that work because I'm almost like saying are you kidding me so (laughs) let me understand that
1: yeah unfortunately you know I people have that reaction like how did that even happen but that is the common story that's not like some freak accident that I kind of was just like brushed away and you know um you know put her over here, pay her some money and just let her do her thing. But that is how, unfortunately, the military and the VA and the country kind of treats us, you know, used and abused and, and, and discarded when you no longer can meet the mission. And, um, that, you know, that's one thing that I've really kind of started, harping on in my own personal art practice a lot of people say oh why don't you post your art or why don't you do this because that's my my healing practice that's my you know art therapy is my thing that's my therapy and you don't tell me what you're talking to your therapist about I'm not going to tell you what I'm talking to my journal about you know those kinds of things and and unfortunately you know they the military tends to you know invest like you said all this money into the training into the we are you know not robots but we're you know trained up to you know carry on the mission whatever happens do it but you know it took 10 years for me to get to the person I left the Marine Corps and they wanted me to get back to civilization and a week taps class, you know, the class you take when you get out of the military, how to write a resume, how to act normal, how to dress, how to, you know, apply for college, those kinds of things, but they really don't, you know, give you space to decompress and really, you know, have a safe space to drop your pack and, you know, separate the the past and the present and and the future space. So that's what, you know, I'm really trying to create, you know, I've had the drug problem, I've had the alcohol problem, I've had, I've gone to therapy, I've done all of these things. And I'm still feeling like shit, what is it? And, you know, that's that, that space where those circles kind of, you know, align to find, you know, if you've done all these things, have you tried that? And it's really just what I call building up your own personal toolbox. I've taken all the classes, I've done all the things I haven't, you know, really resonated with counseling or group therapy or all those kinds of things, but I did them. So if that works for you, this is where we go. This is, if that doesn't work for you, have you tried this? Have you tried that? And really kind of having this network of a community to be able to um, find what works best for you.
0: While you or veterans like yourself, while you're going through this Um, you know challenging transition period right and in your case where you had some real physical uh challenges because you you were physically beat up because of an accident do you have access to good care good counseling good, good what do you have access to
1: so you have the Veterans Affairs Hospitals and those doctors in that network, but what has seemed to happen is that's the guinea pig Petri dish of, you know, well, let's test this medicine and let's test this and that let's test that. And it's all drugs and one-on-one counseling and group therapy. And that doesn't, you know, work for everyone. You know, I already had a drug problem, and then I go to the VA and they're, you know, just adding on to the drug problem. You know, let's cure it with a pill. And that, you know, just didn't work for somebody like me. And that's common practice. You know, you hear a lot of, you know, veterans talk about their alcohol abuse or their drug abuse and that kind of stuff. And it's really a coping mechanism, but they're profiting off of. Unfortunately, that they're getting kickbacks or whatever the thing. You can read all about it through Congress and through the laws and through, you know, research and everything. It's that's that's their go-to cure is medication. And, you know, it took 10 years for me to, you know, become the person I was when I got out of the Marine Corps, but they want to quickly fix all of my shit with a pill. That's that's not gonna go well. <laughs> and so You're there off. is a You know, not every VA is the same either. There's some really great VA. There's great doctors. There's great counseling. There's great everything. Just where I ended up in the VA I had to use, I didn't find that space.
0: Well, just so you know, (laughs) I live in the Fargo area of North Dakota. The VA in Fargo has historically one of the highest rated VAs in the entire system. In fact, the home that I I don't want to say totally grew up in, but our family home is um, or was across the street from it, literally across the street. So you're going to get in that bus sometime and come on over to Fargo, North Dakota (laughs) And work with some veterans. And if you yeah. need a VA, it's a real good one. So let's let's get on to the bus. You have painted buffalo. Well, that's I want to say about ahead.
1: that though, is because yes, the VA is, you know, no matter if it's a good VA or not, what if you know I was sexually assaulted in the military? I get very triggered by certain things. What if I am severely triggered by walking into a veteran's affairs? And every single person sitting in the waiting room is exactly like the person that assaulted me. That, that is a trigger in itself. And so some people cannot find their safe space at the VA, whether I got a drug addiction there. I've never gone back. I detoxed on my own. I almost died, but I was so willing to not, I'd rather die than go back to the VA. Then what? You can't find your own doctor and they pay for it. You can't find your own counselor and they pay for it. The only option is to go to the VA, but that is a space where a lot of people have triggers and wounds. and you know, I a lot of shit happened in the Marine Corps, but I don't really want to harp about it. But I have to go to the VA and harp about it to continue to get my disability check. That seems so, you know, you want to keep me sick and pay me so that I keep coming back and you keep getting this money incentive. That seems so, you know, outlandish to me. And so, you know, although that VA may be a great facility, your people aren't thinking of the bigger picture of maybe I got out of the Marine Corps a very terrible way. And I fucking hate those people. And I never want to see another Marine again. That could be the case. But now uh, the only safe place I can get medical attention is at a VA. I'm not coming. I'd rather die. And that is a severe problem that we're having right now is you see veterans, you know, sitting in the parking lot and blowing their brains out, sitting at the VA and lighting themselves on fire to send a message. You are not helping. That's how those things happen. And so it's a bigger picture than just. You know, proper medical care at the VA, that might not be a safe place for everyone to go to get the care and the proper healing that they need. I should be able to pick who my doctor is. I should be able to pick who I feel comfortable talking to. When you go to the VA, 90% of the people that work at the VA have never served their country. So for me, Half of my problem was going into a counseling session and out of the hour, 30 minutes of it was explaining acronyms and, you know, why was I in this country or what was I doing here or that or that, not even what actually I, I came there for. So that kind of defeats the purpose of the hour, you know, conversation or a therapist, you're sitting there spilling your, your soul out and they're not even looking at you, just typing into the computer, all the words that you're saying, how is that? you know, helping the veteran. It's not, it's just marking the checks in the box to, you know, move along saying you're helping another person. And it's, it's not helpful.
0: Are there, I didn't know all this. Are, are yeah. there podcasts w- where people like yourself and fellow veterans that have the, the, the same Challenges with the system because sometimes the system is part of the problem, mm-hmm. and are looking for help, but but going to the system isn't it not in the cards for all the things that you just shared with us, especially the triggers. Are there podcasts or places people can go to listen to this so we can learn more and then become advocates and supporters and evangelists for what you're what you're talking about, Jess?
1: I'm sure there is. I mean there's a lot of veterans that have veteran podcasts and this is kind of, you know, what we discuss in those, but that sense of community that I talked about when I got out of the Marine Corps, I don't go and sit in a room with a therapist and spill my feelings. I hook up with my veteran friends and say, "Hey man, I'm having a shit fucking day." They're like, "Let's talk about it." That is my therapy session. That is more helpful than go sitting in a you know, a cubicle office space. And, you know, it's, and it's not even that I need uh, somebody to cure whatever I'm having. I just need, you know, that veteran to be like, yeah, man, listen to this shit. I also did that, that this, or that happened to me or, you know, that kind of stuff. It's not so much the traditional therapy session. That's what we're trying to create a space where. We really don't talk about our service. We know we're Marines and this is our job. And yeah, we went to this country and did this and whatever. But really, it's like, who are you now? And who do you want to be? That's mm-hmm. where the healing happens. And and you don't really find that in, in those medical situations. They just want to, you know, kind of keep you sick. So you keep coming back and have, you know, the financial, you know, obligation that, They have to have, because, you know, the government says we have to have free medical care. But free does not mean good.
0: Right. (laughs) No, it doesn't. Well, (laughs) Well, I think all of
1: America is learning that right now. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, Mike, I can just, I I can keep on talking about this. But, yeah, not to harp on it, but yes. Yes, the military and veterans get free health care. But is it working? Is it healing? Is it, you know, caring for the 1% that is protecting your country? I, I don't think it is in all aspects that it could be.
0: Let's, let's talk a little bit. Thank you for sharing that, by the way, Jess. No let's problem. talk a little bit about what I'm and if I'm if I'm teeing this up incorrectly or insulting or or in a demeaning way, slap me and, and, and tell me <laughs> tell me so. Let's talk about um, your pursuit of your therapy by giving back through Correct. Painted Buffalo one and now you're on two Your buses and what you're doing, and and I know that maybe some of this has changed, but. You, especially during COVID uh, you, you were giving out ammo cans with art supplies for veterans that needed the same kind of therapy that y- you were looking for. And you're giving to kind of walk us through how that all came about and how it, how it's transforming lives, transforming you and where it's going to go next. That's a right, big question. So, I'm sorry.
1: No, it's, it, it is the question because people always say, like, how did you get here? I'm like, well, I don't know, but here I am. So in the military, I was an artist and um, you know, actual artists, you know, manual drawings and sketches and that kind of stuff. And I eventually, you know, photo, video, all of that kind of stuff. But my original job was a lithographer. So manual artists, what you see in our training books and that kind of stuff. And so the only, you know, supplies we had, were what was around. And so grab an ammo can, fill it up with art supplies, let's go, you know, kind of thing. And so the ammo cans really started as an artist in the Marine Corps. I just carried my art supplies around in an ammo can and that was it. And so in art school, art supplies are very expensive and all they require you to have this specific paper. That's, you know, for one sheet of paper, it was $30. Like it was insane. And so, you know, as any way I could skimp on materials, I did. And so I just carried my art supplies in an ammo can. And it was just homey to me, you know, really connecting with what those security blankets that you have. And so in art school, I walked around with an ammo can filled with my art supplies and, you know, had my portfolios with me and everything. And so in art school, I bought my first school bus and I used it as my thesis. You know, I was very, connected with usable art you know you go to target you have all these paintings and every you know house in america has that same painting i thought that was crazy or you know going to a field or going to the mall and you see these huge crazy sculptures and you're like what is that that just didn't really connect with me and so my thesis was about intentional art i needed a cup i made a cup i needed you know um, a painting for my friend's apartment, I made that. And what really I needed was a home and a safe space for my kids and I to heal. And so I built a home and a school bus. And so that whole kind of mentality, really, that was the trajectory that, you know, I needed. And eventually, the bus was the vessel to spread my bigger message. But in building the bus is where I healed the most. And so that kind of just ended up being the, you know, in the town, you know, are you that girl building a school bus? Yep. That's me. Hey, oh, why are you doing that? Well, listen to this, you know, and, and kind of just, that was the starting point of the conversation. And that has been the starting point in all of the conversations traveling around the country, whether it's at gas stations or Walmart or Cracker Barrels, or, you know, just meeting up with my friends. They first are intrigued by this crazy school bus that I turned into a home. But then I can really connect with people, you know, on the bigger scope. That's just the the seed that gets planted is the bus. And then there's a bigger, you know, conversation to be had.
0: How many years have you had? You're on your second bus. How many years have you had buses?
1: Uh, Four. This is year four.
0: And how many states have you traveled to?
1: 39
0: and, and you you live in the bus
1: yeah full-time
0: what what happened during covid when you're <laughs> when you're reaching out to veterans with our what, what happened during covid
1: well the world shut down and I drove around the country <laughs> um you know I like you know I keep saying we kind of live in this weird you know alter reality and so i'm like if the world is imploding i'm having fucking fun you know like that was my <laughs> that was my mentality and so you know in in may of 2020 i we had already been living in the bus but i'm like all right I, let's do this you know i i lived in a bu- i built a bus To travel around the country. I haven't traveled yet. So that's what we're going to do. And so my kids made a road trip map of all the places they ever wanted to see in America. And I drove to every single one of those places. So the first year, we did 27 national parks. We did, I think we were at 30 states the first year. So I just, I mean, just went ham. And, you know, I've slowed down a lot from that first year. You know, we, kind of stay in places a little bit longer, not too long, but we stay in places a little longer and really experience the food and the energy and the people in these places. But the first year was, you know, oh shit, I haven't lived my life yet. How do we do that? And so during COVID, I drove around the country and, you know, veterans and people have their, you know, ways of, you know, their their ideas of COVID or whether they want to stay safe or this, or this is stupid, or I don't wear a mask or I do and that kind of stuff. And I just reached out to my community and said, this is where I am. If you want to meet up, let's meet up. If you don't stay safe, you know, kind of thing. And, you know, I really found in the nomadic community, veterans, and we were all out there, not socializing with anybody. So we were kind of in these pods, you know, keeping us safe. And and, you know, really kind of recharging that way. And so COVID was my launching to, you know, get on the road and, and it did affect, you know, donations or finances and all of that kind of stuff. It did, but I was determined to, you know, work with companies that were veteran allies and veteran owned and really kind of connect and meet up with veterans, you know, who needed it the most. and and lockdown is not a safe space for a veteran. It's like putting a, an aggressive dog in a dog kennel. That is not going to end well for the dog, for the cage, or for the person who's on the other side of the door. And so that was the main focus is really, you know, you, you tell veterans to stay in their homes. They're already there, depressed. You tell them, you know, normal life, get outside, go out to nature, hang out with your friends. And now you're saying the whole country is shut down and stay home, they're just going to fester in that. And so my, you know, way of dealing with that, it was like, if you feel safe enough, let's hang, man, like, let's get out. We're not, you know, six feet distance, we did the whole thing. Um, But we're outside and nature is medicine. And let's heal together in this crazy thing that's, you know, happening. So turn off the news and go outside was you know really what I was harping on.
0: So you have been to 39 states not to North Dakota unfortunately but South we're, Dakota, we're not but going we anywhere to so North if South
1: Dakota yet.
0: <laughs> pardon me?
1: I said we've done South Dakota. We just haven't done North Dakota yet.
0: You have an invitation and I'll even cook you a meal when you, when you get here. Oh <laughs> whatever the whole zoo needs to what and whatever that number is when you get here, I, if it's it might open.
1: triple by the time I get to North Dakota, I'm just kidding. But yeah, we've definitely uh, collected a few animals on the road. And, you know, I just say I like them better than people. So they're just going <laughs> to keep moving in.
0: <laughs> Sometimes they're more dependable. Absolutely. Um. So what? what's next? And as, as your, as your mission has evolved to helping veterans and helping uh, women and as that continues to evolve where what's the big picture vision that you have for painted buffalo traveling studio and and you
1: so when we first moved into the bus i was like all right guys we're doing this ultimate family road trip one year let's let's make it and give it all we got and And that has now turned into four years. And so after one year went by and two years was coming up, I was like, all right, maybe we have a five year plan instead of a one year plan. And so we're coming up on five years. And now we're starting to kind of see how we can grow this community that we've built on social media, in the community, you know, just kind of um, having this safe place. And, And so my next big you know, idea is land and creating a, a maker space community where people can come with their rigs or just veterans and take some classes and you know just have kind of like I was kind of explaining it like a YMCA type space, but for people to just come and learn and grow and hang out and really you know have this safe place in the nomadic community. It's a challenge, you know, kind of having a place to just park your you know I have a 40 foot school bus that doesn't fit in everybody's driveway and so where can we have a place for people to come work on their rigs you know community based you know practices you know hey I need help doing this project can you help me with this and have that space and so that's the next big thing is just having that landing spot that home base that I haven't had in 4 years of just being able to go and uh recuperate and then get back on to the adventure so the next big place is a house with land and creating this you know big space and have the the buffalo bus there and be able to really uh you know help a larger range of people because I can only help so many people in my tiny little um place but if I have a place for people to come um that is what I see as the next big adventure.
0: I should share with folks that you you have a nonprofit. You've established a nonprofit. You have an executive group and you have a board, all veterans and thank all of them for me, please. My and, pleasure. Uh, uh, it's just so important. Um, we'll put all this information on MikeSeminary.com when we post our, our interview, but where can people go to, learn more about you? Where can people go to uh, follow you and not stalk you, follow (laughs) you and what you're doing? And then where can people go if they want to contribute to this important cause, Jess?
1: So paintedbuffalostudio.com is our all encompassing spot. So you can see the first bus and the second bus and where we've gone. You can click on the paint can project and see who we've talked to and helped and tell you know, their stories. And there's a merch shop there. You can, you know, I thank you, Mike, for purchasing a, a sweatshirt f- from our shop and being able to support all of the money that is contributed from there, whether it's the makerspace and the stuff that I create on the bus or t-shirt sales or anything like that, all goes back to um, the paint cam project and really you know, focusing on getting more art supplies and more people a part of that kind of community. In there, you can click on Get Involved and there's a one-stop shop where you can donate if you want to do a one-time donation. Um, We have Patreon on there. So that's a monthly subscription um, to all things behind the scenes of, you know, and really creating this community within the community and be able to, you know, talk about, all the hard stuff that happens that, you know, nobody really wants to talk about. We want to talk about it there. Um, And then, you know, social media, whether it's Facebook or Instagram, and we have a YouTube channel that I've never posted a video on, but I'm, you know, trying to really uh, wrap my head around, you know, how to do that in a, in a way that's, you know, uh, helpful for others that you can't find out. If you YouTube, how to do this on the internet, you can find it. I don't want to make those kinds of videos. I do. I want to really have a space and, you know, do justice for the community that we've created. So I'm really grasping how I can do that and not, you know, reinvent the wheel of the how-to videos or the nomadic life or, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Just have, you know, these kinds of conversations, you know, in a, in a bigger scale. So, I have it. I just haven't been able to. And I'm only one human being, and that is the thing that I've, you know, really started to harp on. Is you know, people say, "How do you do all that?" Or "Who's doing this marketing for you?" I'm like, me. (laughs) You know, you know, it's a one stop shop. If you're talking to me on Instagram, it's the same person you're emailing at Rambo at PaintedBuffaloStudio.com. It's the same person you're chatting with on Patreon. It's the same person you're, you know uh talking to you know uh when you make a phone call you call my phone number so just really kind of broadening that out bringing in my you know board members and really seeing what they have to say and they are all doing incredible things on their own and they're you know a part of the painted buffalo community as well so you know one board member is a tattoo artist he's still active duty in the army Juan's an incredible nature photographer and writing and doing books and all of that kind of stuff. And he works for the VA. We've got another one who's a recreational therapist and getting, you know, veterans out on the nature trail and really healing in that spot. And then our fourth board member, um, she just recently bought a school bus and she's creating a coffee brewing, uh, shop in a school bus. So she started a coffee roasting company and she's doing big things, not only for veterans and coffee, but, um, you know, has now joined the bus life community. So, you know, you see board members in this and that, and they just want to check on their resume. That's not how this, how this goes. You have to be doing some really incredible things in the community and all of those veterans are doing that. And so we're keeping them in the umbrella and seeing in this space where we can bring them in and be able to, whether it's photography classes or free coffee, we all know veterans and coffee go <laughs> in line with each other and you know, recreational therapy and getting veterans outside and into nature and really using all five of our skill sets to come together into this one makerspace
0: place. Jess what what are ways You'd like people to interact or, or help or support right now. What what would you really like folks to do when they go to your website or, or your Patreon? What do you really want them to do?
1: Yeah, so right now we're just saving up and trying to find that home base and, you know, really kind of invest our time into creating this bigger picture. So we still have hand out ammo cans. We still I'm working on a, you know, a way to ship um, you know, and make these, you know, I can only meet up with so many people at a time. And so having kind of, you know, a monthly subscription thing to send out stuff to veterans and kind of create that, you know, cast that net in a wider space than just the Buffalo bus can do. And so, you know, whether, you know, you have a company that has a box company that we can make custom boxes for these things, or, you know, you, you know, have, crafting experience or art supplies or just you know you have your December donation you want to give to a good cause and that one-time donation whether it's on PayPal or Venmo or you know in our donation box online you know we're we're not greedy and we're not simple-minded any way that you think you can help us we're open to the conversation and being able to kind of that's the whole point of the community it's not not just me this is way beyond anything that you know i might have a good idea but somebody has a better one and and we're really willing to listen to all of the ideas and encompass or hey i i needed this when i was going through that all right man i if you needed it somebody else needed it and like how can we kind of broaden this out and you know in your community spread the umbrella in your community, whether you, every community, every town has a veteran community in it. And how can you as a single person help your community? You know, I can only help my, where I am in my body right now. And right now I'm in, you know, close outside of Atlanta. That's its own community. But if you're in Fargo, North Dakota, I can guarantee you have a veteran community. And how can you help your veteran community? and kind of just outreach and spread, spread the net that way.
0: Jess, you have a magic wand and you want to wave it over the heads of uh, everyone listening to our conversation today. What's the one thing you really want them to know about the communities that you're reaching out to serve through painted Buffalo traveling studio and your work. What's the one thing you really want them to know about that community?
1: Yeah, I mean, the second bus is called Kintsugi. And so in Japanese pottery culture, when you make something and it cracks, they don't throw it away. They fill it in with gold and it's worth even more. And that's what what we are. We're creating you know, our own gold and filling in these cracks and broken pieces that veterans have. And, and, you know, although we're cracked and broken, we're not trash. And so, you know, we have, we still are good people. We still, you know, help out. We are still family people. We're still part of the community and, you know, just being accepted in, in meeting us where we're at is really going to, you know, mm. really help a lot of people.
0: Jess, thanks so much for what you're doing. Thank you for taking time to join me. As I, as I said when I opened up, it's like I, I'm that billion dollar lottery winner. I've got a <laughs> female entrepreneur, artist, uh, person that served our country with mm. honors. Uh, you're living life in such an experiential way but more importantly you're you're reaching out extend a hand to help people that need help and they're they're the people like yourself that make this the greatest country on the planet with with the things that we have a tendency to bitch about which are usually pretty minor when it's all said and done it's the uh, yeah. men and women of the military that Uh, historically served our country that make this the greatest place on earth. Even with some of the flaws that we have, there's a reason why all sorts of people want to get here. It's because this is the greatest place on earth, but we don't necessarily treat the uh, men and women that have served our country the way they deserve to be treated after they've served our country. And that's something that's got to change. And thanks to you, that message is getting out. And you are uh, you're on this mission to do as much as you can to make a difference. And God bless you for that, Jess. You're you're an amazing person, and I'm really glad I got had the opportunity to meet you.
1: I appreciate that so much, Mike. And thank you for having me. And I really look forward to you know all the good things that we can you know do together and promote and you know really broaden this net in the in the veteran community,
0: I think we'll have you on again, and have have some of your colleagues on, and make another run at this. Um, so keep that in mind. We would love to. I'd love to have you back. Of course, anytime. You have a great day. Thanks.
1: You
0: too. Bye.